Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Extra Time for a J2 Round 1 season preview and also some uh, Kofu focused Asian Champions League chat on, on the eve of a new J League season. Uh, I'm John Steele hosting this uh, mini pod and with me is James Taylor. James, how are you doing? Very excited, John. How are you? Yeah, I'm very excited too. Let, let's make it sound like we haven't been talking already, uh, you know, about, <laughs> about football for, for, for an hour or so before this chat. So, um, James, what we're going to do for the listeners in this uh, mini pod is First of all, we're going to kind of uh, focus on Kofu, whose uh, kind of ACL adventure, um, exciting as it was, has finally uh, come to an end. They've uh, ended up losing uh, the aggregate score in their second round or round of 16 game against Ulsan was uh, 5-1 to the uh, the K-League Giants, wasn't it? Kofu ended up losing the first leg 3-0 away at Ulsan. Uh, and then uh, just, uh, well, 48 hours ago, 24 hours ago, they lost uh, 2-1 uh, at Kokoritsu Kogijo in Tokyo in the second leg. So 5-1, the aggregate score. Um, so defeat uh, James and, and Kofu out, but no no disgrace uh, at all. I think everybody, uh, it seems like everybody in Japan, regardless of whether they are, uh, you know, Kofu support or not, it's like sort of the chests like bursting with pride at how they, they navigated their way through the group stage. And to be fair, I mean, obviously 5-1, um, that's uh, that's a hammering over the two legs, but they, I don't think Ulsan had it all their own way, did they? Kofu did sort of a battle. Um, I've seen that they 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 one of their nicknames is the Vital Fighting Knights, isn't it? The VFK from uh, Van Frey Kofu. So they certainly were valiant uh, across the the, uh, the the two games. What, what what did you make of it? And any any thoughts on Kofu's kind of ACL adventure overall? Yeah, absolutely no disgrace. I think losing five one on aggregate to 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 one of the strongest teams in uh, Korea and maybe one of the strongest in the whole competition is actually pretty good. Um, probably expected results really to lose both games. Um, I think, yeah, beaten by a better team, but they gave a really good account of themselves. Uh, to Kofu, they really went for it in both matches. Um, they made lots of chances. If they'd taken some of them, it could have been a different story. Um, in the first leg. They, I think for the first 15 minutes or so they were really on the front foot and uh, they, they created a few opportunities and then unfortunately they, um, you know, their defence was not as good as Ulsan's attack and, and they did they had a goal disallowed late on didn't they um, Utaka was slightly offside mm. which was unfortunate but I was surprised in the second leg how many chances he missed he had it must have been five or six chances that it, on another day, he would have he would have had a hat trick uh, mm. or against another team, perhaps. I don't think it was the opposition because some of them, you know, you know, he scuffed a shot wide from from a few yards out or something. It's it's one of those days, I think. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a shame it's over. But but I, I think they they did really well. And and I, I want, there's a few few players I think we should pick out. I thought Fabian Gonzalez was very impressive over both. Um, both legs I think um, he may be playing as if he's got something to prove mm. you know, after Iwata made such a uh, a fuss over getting him and then he wasn't able to play half a year and then he was only really a sub for most of the last second half of last year and then he was released so um, I think uh, he was pretty good and Adailton as well he was uh, much improved in the second leg the first leg, he didn't really seem to be on the same wavelength as um, the others, but uh, looked much, much better when he came off the bench in the second leg. Uh, Takuto Kimura, I thought, played well both matches, and uh, Kohei Kawata in goal, as usual. 
was was pretty good. Mm. Um, so in in overall, I think yeah, five one. It sounds like a thrashing, but I don't think it really was. Even the three nil, I don't think was there wasn't they weren't that bad. And mm. you 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 described uh, this as an ACL adventure. I think I think adventure is the word. Is that campaign was characterized by really great moments like um, that first away trip. Um, and they're really good showing where they, they probably could have won that first game away in Melbourne, a creditable nil-nil. Uh, and then their first home game, the National Stadium, with supporters from teams from all over the country coming to support them. Uh, and then their first goal in the 90th minute, scored by Hasegawa, to get them their first win. That was a great moment as well. Everyone sprinting down the touchline or, or down the running track and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that dominant home win over Zhejiang and then the really brilliant first half away uh, to Buriram in the last game which put them through into the next round so I, I think this has been fantastic it's a shame it's over but I, I do think that these two matches will serve them really well for the league because they've essentially had two really uh, high quality pre-season matches that most of the other teams in J2 won't have had Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, if if we sort of cast our minds back twelve months, they they did have the the Super Cup game, didn't they, against mm-hmm. the Marinos to uh, to kind of warm them up for the new season. But I think that that is a bit essentially a preseason friendly, um, yeah. even though they were up against obviously you know really strong team in in Marinos. This, this these were two competitive games, very competitive games against a really really strong team uh, who would probably give Marinos a game. To be honest, on the evidence that I saw. Um, you know, over these two legs. And I think the the only thing from a, a Kofu point of view or a J-League point of view that's a bit um, annoying, if you like, perhaps this is, you know, glass half empty, but I think they, um, you know, the, the goals that they conceded in the first leg of this tie were a bit sloppy um, yeah. when, when you consider, I mean, you're right that they were up against, you know, basically all Sana got better strikers than Kofu have defenders. So they're, they're yeah. always going to give up chances and be liable to concede goals um, you know, but the, the the fact that um they kind of let in two goals just before half time, didn't they? Um, I think Kawata was good over the two legs, but he made a bit of a, a mistake for the first goal, and then there was a very soft penalty, which I, I've seen a couple of times. I'm still not convinced there's any real foul there, so I thought it was a bit harsh. Uh, and then suddenly Ulsana kind of two 0 up and 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 cruising. Then the, the the third goal was was quite poorly defended, I thought, in the first leg. And then in the second game, like you, mm. Kofu came out sort of swinging, didn't they, in that first 10 minutes at Kokoritsu. Yeah. And then just typically they, they let in a sucker punch of a goal, I think, yeah. in about the 11th minute, didn't they, after Ulsan hit. Mm. Basically, it was the first time Ulsan had got over the halfway line. Uh, yeah. They ended up uh, countering and, and having a shot come back off the post and, and the, the striker was on hand to turn in. And then at 4-0 down, you know, with 18 minutes left, the, the game was pretty much up. But they did get um, Funny Hair himself, Kazushi Mitsuhira, Got to head mm-hmm. in a consolation, didn't he, just before uh, yeah. full time? And even though Olsan uh, ended up going, you know, back up to the other end and getting another goal to, to make it two one um, on the night, I, I think it was good that Kofu fans and everybody in the stadium who was supporting Kofu had a chance to, to celebrate, a, you know, one more ACL goal before they mm-hmm. before they went out. I, I wanted to add um, just a, outside of the game itself, a brilliant crowd um, on yeah. Wednesday night, 15,932. Um, mm-hmm. It was rainy and cold 
uh, in in Tokyo uh, on on Wednesday, and I, I know that I'm talking to someone that lives lives in Kanazawa, who's probably not not impressed not impressed by that. But we're, talk, we're talking about <laughs> metropolitan the metropolitan elites. You know, they don't tend to yeah. go outside if it's cold and rainy. So to get fifteen thousand in is fantastic, especially when you consider um, the same night. You know, Marinos, Yokohama Marinos, they were at home to Bangkok United at mm. um, Nissan. They only had eight thousand three hundred. 43 yeah. for their game. And I know there are some mitigation, uh, mitigating circumstances like Kofu's game was at 6 p.m. and then the, the, the Marinos game was at 8. So it was even colder and rainier uh, by the time it got around to the Marinos kickoff time. But considering they were also, I think, advancing to the quarterfinals for the first time, winning their game, um, you know, it, it really does. Uh, this isn't, um, I'm not giving Marinos uh, supporters stick, by the way, but I'm, I'm saying it in comparison, you know, Kofu got double. Um, yeah. in terms of attendance that's fantastic stuff so well done to, to everyone in, involved um, do you think what, what do you think the legacy might be um, from this ACL run for Kofu Gyms like you mentioned the games themselves against also might be good preparation for the new season but um, I've seen a few tweets from uh, Kofu supporters um, in the aftermath of the game where I think people now are letting loose with some opinions that maybe they've been holding in um, mm-hmm. while the, the tournament was kind of alive, you know, going concerned. So, for example, supporters are still quite disappointed. They weren't able to play games at home, if you like, in Yamanashi. Yeah. You know, they had to come to Tokyo. For example, young supporters, elementary school students, you know, young kids couldn't go to, to games mm-hmm. that are on, like, Wednesday nights, sort of, you know, 100-plus kilometres away. Um, so I wonder if there'll be any impetus maybe to improve the... I mean, well, I guess I should ask you, what, what do you think the legacy should be from them doing so well, and, and what do you think the legacy actually will be, uh, if any... Well, uh, now you've said that, I think well, um, you know, some sort of moves towards getting a, a stadium that that is, you know, better quality, or you know, a, a soccer-specific stadium if possible. Mm. Um, but that's not easy. A lot of teams have have struggled for many years to get that, and, and some are still struggling and still don't have that. So um that would be that that's uh, that's kind of a pipe dream really i think what like you and you just mentioned um primary school children and stuff i think the legacy hopefully would be um they get more interest mm. uh, i i i don't I, you know i'm not suggesting that they're you know ignored by the local community but if they can get even more people interested in you know in football and and playing for the academies or youth you know kids teams or coming to the games and stuff then that that would be great for, for them you know, build the club up even further make them a bigger club you know more better supported club mm-hmm. um i think they they will have got a reasonable amount of money from uh qualifying for the tournament in the first place and then qualifying you know winning the group and getting into the, the second round so hopefully they're able to invest that money mm-hmm. um in in a you know, not just kind of spaffing it on a some journeyman Brazilian who's going to be there for a year, but investing it in facilities or, or you know, academy or something that that is long-lasting. Mm. And mm. just, I think, and I think the fact that they've they've been in the ACL and and may be able to uh, help them kind of uh, attract perhaps a, a slightly higher caliber of player well, you know it's not like they're going to be challenging for it every year but just having had that in their recent history they, that, that's something they can refer to look mm. and also not just for Kofu but I think for the league and this is something I've said so many times and I could bang on about it again but this should be the impetus for every other team 
to actually try in cup competitions mm. because look what can happen look at the adventures you can have look at the fantastic memories that you can create just try don't send out your kids because you can't be asked on a Wednesday night. Put out a decent team and mm. have a go. Mm. Mm. That's, no, what I, that's what I. No, I th- no, I think that's that's really good. that's much better than my idea. My idea is just like whoever wins J two should automatically be put into the Champions League group stage. That was my. Uh, that was the only mm. thing I came up with. So um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think what I really like about what you're saying here, James, is basically there's a lot of positivity. And I think yeah. that is what I felt about the whole of Kofu's like ACL run. Like, mm. um, if you contrast that with, I know we're talking about different football uh, culture, but like, you know, if it was in England, you know, the, the Kofu manager would be endlessly moaning about fixture pileup, you know, and travel time. Well, um, I think there's a bit of that from J, some of the J1 teams that qualify regularly. They seem mm. like they they want they, they want to qualify for it because. That means they get like prize money or whatever, mm. but then they don't want to actually have to play in it because mm. always travel and mm. there's extra fixtures and it's pain in the ass. But yeah, like Kofu fans, Kofu fans and players just absolutely loving it. It was just great to yeah. see, um, you know. And I think we need more, like uh, not 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 to get downbeat on the eve of a new season, but this is the hardest, you know, the the the, the basics of the, the world picture when you watch the news is it's tough at the moment. And I just mm. just seeing just players and sports just having a great time. I mean, with all of the problems of we we, we can't play at home, we have to play in Tokyo. Uh, at least a couple of the home games, you know, we're rainy. You know, it's mm. cold. You know, it's hard. It's hard to get supporters down there. And you know, it's interesting the point about prize money because I do think there is. Did, did you see that um, that report that came out from the? Is it is it FIF Pro FIF Pro the like Players Union uh, about how that you know the Asian Champions League doesn't really generate much money until you get to the knockout stages. Yeah, and uh, quite a few teams actually run a deficit. You know, trying to get through mm-hmm. the group stage. So I definitely think there might be some. Well, there should be some reform there. Um, yeah. especially since the J-League is kind of hanging its entire calendar on this competition. Um, it, w- it would be good. That. Don't open that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm trying to open as many, trying to open as many cans, trying to open as many cans now before the actual football starts in, in J2. But, um, yeah, but, but I think, I think, let, well, let's, let's end on, on a positive, uh, positive note then. I think it's just a fantastic experience for everybody, um, connected with Kofu. And like, I have no connection with Kofu whatsoever other than it's a, a team from the league that I follow in, in the country yeah. that I live in. And even I, I was, I kind of felt swept up in it. And it, I, to be honest, I was able to watch on TV the, the first half of the game on on Wednesday the second leg, and when when Ulsan scored that that early goal, I was like, I was like, oh no, yeah, you know, I really felt it. And it's obviously I didn't feel it the way that Kofu support towards or anything like that, but I was like, ah, that's torn it, that's it. So um, yeah. yeah, but well, but oh, football is supposed to be fun. Yes, that's right. And uh, I say that as someone who supports a team that doesn't give that many. Fun, yeah. fun but moment. That, but you know that's but, most teams. That's most teams. I think. Yeah. But the um, last, well, two years, Kofu have given us mm. or give give us neutrals a lot of or fans of other teams a lot of fun. Mm. Imagine the fun that their supporters have been having. Mm. How great would it be if your team did that for you? Mm. That's what we should be. That's what we should be aspiring to. Well, uh, yeah, I think I think what what I really like about it is they've had an opportunity and they firmly uh, grasp that. And they've yeah. gone as far as they could go with a favourable draw. They might even have gone further. You know, you don't know. 
Um, but um, I mean, I can uh, we 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 better end the segment here because the Stoke City reference are coming up. But um, you, you know, we we played in the Europa League in 2011, mm. and we played competitive games at Dynamo Kiev, at Valencia, at Besiktas, and it's like. Yeah. You know, if you tell your, tell someone that now, they're looking at it like Stoke Stoke City, but they're, they're at the bottom of the championships. Like, yeah, we are now, but that mm. we had for one for one six month period, it was like, you know, we we were we dream were in proper. Yeah. It was a dream come true, yeah. And it's not something that I think you're right to point out that for fans of certain teams, it's something you can take for granted. Like obviously, Kawasaki have gone out this week in the mm. ACL as well, and but they'll have another crack at it next year. You know, mm-hmm. Urawa didn't make it out of the group stage, and they'll have another crack at it next year. Whereas mm-hmm. for Kofu, that wasn't a realistic uh, mindset to be in. Of like, oh well, we'll just we, we'll just try we'll try harder next time we're in the Champions League. <laughs> like that, for most of these players, there won't be, you know, probably another chance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was good good to see um, not only for them to get the chance, but to actually take it um, yeah. was a hugely rewarding uh, just as an ob- observer. So uh, James, w- well done to all involved um, at, at Kofu. And uh, James, talking of uh, observing and uh, football Mm. being fun, we should move on and talk about uh, J2, uh, the the, the bread and butter, the meat and drink of of the JTET uh, podcast, if you will. Mm. Uh, James, a new season is uh, somehow incredibly already upon us. And round one coming up this weekend. So we'll just do a quick whistle-stop uh, preview of the games coming up. Three games on Saturday. Uh, so the season gets underway at 2pm with Mito hosting Iwaki. Uh, Yokohama FC against uh, Yamaguchi. Uh, I'm going to that one with five children, so pray for me. And uh, Fujieda against Nagasaki. And then the rest of the fixtures are on Sunday. That's February the 25th. There's a, a weird uh, weird kickoff time, 1250 for Ehime against uh, Akita. Let's hope everybody's uh, neck braces arrive in time. Uh, and then at 1pm, uh, a trio of games, including what I think is the game of the round, is Jeff Chiba against Yamagata, Okiyama mm. against Tochigi, Kumamoto against Shimizu, and then rounding off the weekend uh, at 2pm, three more games, Gunma, Kagoshima, Tokushima hosting Kofu, and then Oita hosting Sendai. So, uh, James, uh, where do you think people where is the value in the in the round one fixtures do you think well uh i think most people should be tuning in to yokohama fc against yamaguchi to see if they can spot you trying to herd a massive group of kids in the crowd yeah i, I yeah D- don't that again can of worms yeah okay i'll uh, i'll put the lid back on that um i think uh, there's quite a few there aren't like any Real black, well, Jeff V. Yamagata is the one I picked out, same as you, as probably the most uh, uh, mouthwatering uh, fixture. There aren't any kind of like blockbuster um, matchups, really, but there are quite a few intriguing ones because this is the first time we're seeing uh, 19 of these teams this year. We've already seen Kofu a couple of times in the last mm. couple of weeks, and I think, like I said, that will give them a bit of a head start. Uh, did I say that in this pod or in the other one that we did a, <laughs> just before? I can't remember. I said it at some point to you this evening. I think having those two um, high-quality, mm. essentially, pre-season matches will give them an advantage. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm also interested in seeing how the new managers get on uh, Yamaguchi and uh, Tochigi. Mm. I think uh, those will be, uh, especially as they're, they're, they're playing teams that I expect to do very well, Yokohama FC and Okayama. I think we'll, we'll both finish in the top six. Mito Iwaki, I expect both to struggle, but I still think that will be quite a, an entertaining game. 
Mm. Uh, same Oita Sendai. I'm I'm kind of expecting to be disappointed by both of them this year, so I'll, I'll see how they get on. Mm. But uh, yeah, Jeff against Yamagata is my pick of the the pick of the round. What, yeah. uh, what do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any argument about that. I think from the the three games on Saturday, yeah, I'm I'm duty bound to choose Yokama against Yamaguchi. I think because uh, I'm going to be uh, behind the goal, uh, frantically counting the number of kids that I can see. Um, at any one time so I'm looking forward to that one uh, I think it is a potential banana skin because obviously the expectation is that Yokohama are going to win quite comfortably mm. and the opening day of the season sometimes throws up a few weird uh, results doesn't it I'm always mindful of the fact that Yamaguchi will have had absolutely ages to prepare for this game mm. uh, so I'm expecting it to be I still think Yokohama will get the win but I don't think it's going to be as easy as uh, you know ABC, so we, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, from the Sunday games, I don't think you can argue. Yeah, Jeff against Yamagata is big. So this is two teams that finished in the playoffs last year, right? Sixth uh, from last season against fifth from last season. I also just took a quick look back. Last year, this fixture was played in round two. Um, mm. So roughly at the same stage of the season, Yamagata won 3 1. So mm. I'm curious to see if that is replicated uh, on Sunday. I suspect it won't be, but these are two teams that, whichever preview you you've, uh, you check, these two sides are near the top of the table. So it's a really yeah. good chance to see them early on. Oita Sendai, I agree with you, at 2 o'clock on Sunday as well. These are two teams. I've also got the word disappointment in my notes, but referring to last <laughs> season when Oita sort of flirted with the playoffs then finished ninth, uh, mm-hmm. and Sendai flirted with relegation, and sort of open warfare between the club and the supporters and then finish 16th. Um, and I, I took a look back at last season's fixture as well. In round 32, back in, in August, Sendai won 3-2 uh, at mm. Oita. So it was a very exciting, exciting game, a five-goal thriller. So something similar uh, would be most welcome. Uh, but I, I don't know which way that game is going to go. But I think both of these sides will be absolutely desperate to make a positive start because last season ended on such a kind of... a uh, sort of wet fart uh, for both of them, didn't it? So, um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see who who can hold their nerve and get off to a good start uh, in that one. But um, yeah, James, I suppose we should add as usual. We will be back together uh, next week to kind of run through some of the main points from uh, mm. from round one. So hopefully, we have uh, lots of goals and excitement uh, and interesting hairstyles to uh, to talk about. Yes, yeah. I hope uh, I hope everyone enjoys the opening weekend, whoever they're sporting in whichever division, and uh, and everyone's teams do well in the coming season. Mm-hmm. That sounded very sincere. I bet there's at least one or two teams you're not you're not hoping to, but I won't I won't press you. Uh, yeah, we we all have our favourites, <laughs> don't we? Um, yeah. All right, James. On that note, I think we'll uh, yeah we'll leave it uh, for JTet um, for this time. So uh, we'll say thanks as always for listening and downloading. Uh, our podcasts and uh, if you support us on Patreon as well and the big pod on Patreon we really appreciate that too and I hope you'll join us um, week in week out for J2 uh, and J3 uh, with Mike Innes in J Talk Short Corner for the 2024 season but uh, yeah that's all for us for now we'll be back uh, next week and uh, we'll try and make sense of uh, what's happened in uh, round one in J2 uh, and J3 but that's all for now talk to you soon <laughs>